Amen. Thank you, Edmund. Good morning. Is Lara here? Lara, if you can come and make your announcement quickly. Give Lara a hand. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I thought it was later. Okay, so on the 14th of August, um, YTD will be having our Transition Sunday. Uh, so that means that anyone who is in year six, going into year seven, or who's already in year seven but hasn't started youth, that is your day for you to come to youth um, and kind of work your way in to start properly in September. Um, on that day, we will be having also a fellowship after service. Um, we'll be going to Nando's. Is church paying for us? No. <laughs> Only joking. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> So we'll be going to Nando's and then we'll be going to Greenwich Park um, for some rounders and some fun and games and activities. Um, so if you would like any more information, in, if your child is going from year six to year seven, um, please come and see me or Cherie. Cherie's over there. Wave Cherie, please. Um, and we can help you with that. The last announcement, before I get kicked off, um, is if you would like to help with Cresh, Cresh is from the age of zero to, um, is it five, four, four, something like that, four. If you would like to help out with crash. Three, three, three and under. Three? Yeah, they're saying three. Three. Four, yeah? Okay, four. <laughs> four, yeah. I would need to have longer in crash. Yeah, um, if it's four, um, please come and see me um, because We've got some really exciting new things happening for uh, creche-aged children, um, and I would love for you to be a part of it. Is that okay? Is that okay? Thank you. Well done. At least you got a hand clap for that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, today is our final day of fasting as a church. Uh, for those of you who may not know, we've been fasting throughout this month as a church on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. How many of you have been involved in some way? Wave if you've been involved. Yay, praise God. Well, that's good. Um, don't worry, you'll get another opportunity. Those of you who haven't been involved, I know you're really sad about it. So there's going to come another time where you can also activate the grace of God in your life. And uh, today we conclude on our fasting. We've been fasting and praying specifically for a move of the Holy Spirit in our church. We've been praying for uh, our church in the area of revival in our prayer life, in soul winning and holiness and purity. We've been praying for this borough. We've been praying for the government. And then also we've been praying for specific things in our lives. How many of you have specific prayer requests you would like to see God answer this month by the end of today? Can I see? Wave if, if it's you. Wonderful. So we're going to pray into that after this teaching. And um, I'm going to carry on teaching, and maybe next week and the week after, I will try and bring this series to a conclusion where we've been talking about when the church prays together. Now, uh, last week we gave out notes, and really the notes are a continuation of last week's notes. So if you have last week's notes, we can just continue from that. And I know Edmund has prayed for me, but let's just pray again. 
and ask the Holy Spirit to help us afresh. Heavenly Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for your presence here. Lord, I ask that you will speak into our hearts through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 18, please. Matthew 18 from verses 18 to 20. We're continuing to talk about the perils of corporate prayer. So we've been teaching about when we pray together as a church, uh, whether we pray two or more or whether we are praying as like a group like this, the kind of things we need to look out for. And so last week we began to talk about the perils or the challenges when we pray together. And as we learn about this, I want you also to understand how it applies to you in your personal prayer life. Matthew 18 verses 18 to 20 is our key text. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if you, if, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth, Concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So we have learned already that in these verses, there are several things we can learn about corporate prayer. Again, let me just say, this particular context is to do with church discipline. When somebody has ought against another, how we're supposed to go about it. And it concludes with this process here. But we can learn some dynamics about prayer from these verses, or corporate prayer, as follows. As we've already said, I just want to go over it quickly. Number one, that the church can exercise its authority to bind and loose through corporate prayer gatherings. So he says, if two of you, he says, sorry, surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, we said that our authority to bind and lose is based on what the scriptures allow. You can't just bind and lose arbitrarily. You can't just say, I bind this, I lose that. I bind this, I lose that. You can't do that. That's not what this is. Second point is this, in verse 19. There must be agreement among those praying. There must be agreement. In other words, if you're praying with somebody, the two of you or more must be of the same mind and must want the same outcome concerning what you are praying for if you're going to have success. It's very important. And then the third point, the prayer meeting must be done in the name of Jesus, verse 20. He says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. Now, concerning prayer in general, uh, there, are, there are two key elements that must always be in place if our prayers are going to have success. One is, it must agree with the will of God. It must be in line with the will of God. And secondly, the prayers being prayed must be prayed in faith. They must be prayed in faith. Now, this is another teaching, and we, we don't have time for it, but I want to reinforce this point. Whatever prayer gathering that is taking place, or whatever prayers that are being prayed, these are the two fundamentals that must anchor them if there is to be success. One, the prayers being prayed, must be according to the will of God. And secondly, the prayers being prayed must be in faith. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, these are not in your notes. He says, this is the confidence that we have in him, 
that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we ask of him. So our confidence, our assurance when we are praying is that if we are praying anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, beloved, there is a difference between being heard by God when we pray and having your prayers answered. There's a huge difference. I'll say it again. There is a difference between being heard by God when you pray and having your prayers answered. We don't have time to go into it. He says that this is our confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. The next phrase. And if we know he hears us. Can you put it up? Is it possible? 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions we asked of him. The key is not only being heard, but having that knowing that you have been heard. Verse, verse 14 and 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions. So, Often, a person can be praying according to the will of God, but is uncertain whether their prayers will be answered or not. So, two key things. One, the prayers must be in line with the will of God. And secondly, the prayers must be prayed in faith. So, how do we pray in faith? Mark 11, 22 to 24 teaches us how we pray in faith. Mark eleven twenty two, and Jesus answered and said to them, "Have faith in God, for truly I say to you, I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says." So he teaches us the dynamics surrounding how he, the Lord Jesus, exercised faith. Now, if you know the narrative in. Uh, in Mark chapter 11, you will know that he had cursed the fig tree the previous day. And the next day, the disciples saw the fig tree had withered and they remarked in amazement how it had happened so quickly. And on the back of that, the Lord teaches them how he did it. So verse 22, he answered and said, have faith in God. For truly I say to you, verse 23, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Then, verse 24, he says, therefore I say to you, whatever you ask in prayer, or I like the King James Version better, better, he says, therefore I say unto thee, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So, he teaches about faith and then says on the back of it, this is how you pray the prayer of faith. When you pray, believe that you receive the things you are praying for and you have it. So the prayer of faith is prayers that are being prayed in the present continuous tense. As you are praying, you are believing that the thing you are praying for is yours. Now, we don't have time to go into it, but I think it's important that we understand this principle concerning prayer in general and corporate prayer. That whatever we are praying, two things. One, the will of God. The will of God. It must be anchored in the will of God. Secondly, it must be prayed in faith. And when it comes to faith, 
you know, sometimes you, you hear all kinds of things. But when it comes to faith, faith is the only currency that we offer in God's kingdom to have the things that belong to us. Faith is the only thing that allows us to appropriate what is ours in the kingdom. You see, God has provided for us, lavishly provided for us through the cross. It's ours. Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. It's yours, but it's in the spirit realm. Faith is what pulls what is in the spirit into the natural. And without faith, you cannot please God. Hebrews eleven six, For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith is what allows the word of God to be effective on our behalf. So at times people confuse the love of God with faith. You cannot substitute faith with the love of God and you cannot substitute the love of God with faith. God's love is unconditional, but faith is conditional. For you to get the answers of faith, you must meet the criteria of faith. Like he says in Romans 3, 27, that faith is a law. And that word law in the Greek is something that is observed by prescription. In other words, there are rules governing it. Now, why am I saying all of these things? It is important for you to understand how prayers work. There are mysteries to prayer. There are mysteries to prayer. There are things about prayer we will not understand. After all we do, our teachings and everything, there are elements to, the, to prayer and to the things of the Spirit that remains a mystery. The scripture says the secret things belongs to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belongs to us and our children forever. So there are things in the word of God that are revealed that belong to us that when we learn how to appropriate it, we can see its effects in our lives. Can you say amen? amen. All right, so let's talk about some of the perils. Now we've already touched on several Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 7, our Lord teaches us in these verses two key perils when it comes to praying with others. First one we said was praying like the hypocrite. The hypocrite prays to impress people. And second one is praying like the heathen. The heathen prays to impress God. Both are wrong. Say to your neighbor, don't pray like a hypocrite. And say to somebody else, don't pray like a heathen. <laughs> All right. Now, because of time, let's quickly go on. So some of the things we've already said, number one, we said last week, the first peril of corporate prayer is carnally led prayer meetings. In other words, prayer meetings driven by worldly concerns rather than being led by the Holy Spirit. Prayer meetings driven by worldly concerns. And by the way, this applies to individual praying as well as corporate praying. Number two, unintelligible prayers. In other words, prayers that are incoherent or cannot be understood by the person praying. Now, this is not talking about speaking in tongues. This is talking about praying like the heathen, really. So where you are praying, and the thing that you are saying in your native language, you yourself don't even know what you're saying. In other words, you, say, you use a word, 
that you don't understand praying. So imagine, as I am praying, I say something like this, Oh God, even though it may deem to be sophistry, yet I pray that your will be done. Now, some of you know what sophistry means, and I've used it in its proper context, but I may not know what it means. How many of you know what sophistry is? See? Somebody knew what sophistry is. It's just really being a bit pretentious. It's being a bit kind of, yeah, pretentious. So, you know, but if I heard someone praying, Lord, we come against sophistry. So, mm, that's really, that's really something. We come against sophistry. We come against sophistication. <laughs> it's this kind of same thing, really, but, you know, just make it sound good. Sophistry. Sophistication. And you also have to add an accent to it. That, that makes it sound better. This is the way at times we pray. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> you might as well add hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> uh, but actually, it's hallelujah. You know, for you to understand, the, it's hallelujah. And then you, you hear people say, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, a thousand praises, hallelujah. Because they've heard, somebody said, hallelujah means a thousand praises. How many of you have heard that before? This church, you're really well taught. How many of you have ever heard? How many of you have been a Christian for a while? When I see? Ah, I didn't see Karen and Austin raise their hands. You've heard that before. We've been in the same church. Hallelujah is a thousand praises. I think you even said it once when, when you were leading worship. <laughs> but hallelujah actually means, literally means praise you, Yahweh, or praise you, Jehovah. That's what it means, praise Jehovah. That's what it means. Um, but so at times we say words we don't mean, we don't answer glory. Oh Lord, I glorify thee, I magnify thee, I magnify the glass with thee. You know, you, you, you say, because you don't know what it means, you say magnify, you think a magnifying glass, isn't it? You don't know. You hear someone say, we heard these things. Unintelligible prayers. Third one is overabundance of speaking in tongues, especially in group settings, where there's an overabundance of speaking in tongues. Now, We've talked a lot about this. I like speaking in tongues. I believe in speaking in tongues. Like Paul, I want to speak in tongues more than all of you. I don't think I do, but I would like to. However, when it comes to corporate praying, if there is an overabundance of speaking in tongues, especially if the uninformed are there or the unbeliever are there, then it can be unedifying and actually can be counterproductive. So the uninformed is somebody who may not have the understanding about what you are doing, who may not even agree with what you are doing. They are sincere. They are a child of God. They have the Holy Spirit, but they just don't see it as you see it. And their unbeliever is somebody who's not born again. Now, if such a person, you are praying with such a person, you have to factor them in if you want your prayers to be effective. You can't say, well, your doctrine is wrong, so therefore... I'm going to pray anyway. Well, then don't pray with them. Because otherwise, you will not have the dynamic of unity necessary for corporate prayer. Amen? All right. And then we talked about number four. The bizarre in prayer meetings is being considered as spiritual. Now, when it comes to the realm of the bizarre, there's all kinds of things. But two things I want to highlight in the bizarre. I touched on it last week. The first one is cursing people through prayer. Cursing your enemies through prayer. How many of you? have cursed someone in prayer before. You're not even going to raise your hands even if you didn't. 
Now, I've seen big preachers. When I mean big preachers, I don't just mean by the size of their stomach. I mean big profile preachers who even encourage this with statements like return to sender. How many of you have said that before in prayer? Aha, uh-huh, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Return to sender. It's a vengeful spirit. That's not how our Lord taught us. Because somebody sent you a curse, you send it back. But look at what our Lord said. <laughs> Matthew 5:44. Matthew 5:44. But I say to you, love your enemies. Say to your neighbor, love your enemies. First of all, love your enemies. Now, of course, he's not talking about evil spirits. He's talking about human beings. All right? So if they are a witch, they are not a spirit. They are are a human being. If they are a wizard, they are a human being. Are you still here, church? Especially you West Africans. Are you still here? (laughs) Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Did you see that? Bless those who curse you. Can you say amen to that? No, I'll curse those who curse me. That's what somebody said. No, but that's not what the Lord taught. Bless those who curse you. Look at the next phrase. Do good to those who hate you. Do you have anyone who hates you? So he says, do good to them. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. They use us and abuse us. Pray for them. Are you still there? Now, any prayer meeting where you are bombing witches and wizards, destroying necromancers, <laughs> sending back the warlock to the fires of Hades to be trapped there in the bottomless pit till the day of judgment is not the way we have been taught by our Lord. But why? Somebody said, why should I do that? Because you disannul their power when you do that. That's the point. When you counteract the enemy's work in people with the love of God, you neutralize their power. Because fear has torment, but perfect love casts out all fear. Also, another bizarre thing is insulting the devil. Or caning, some places they cane the devil. They, they cane the devil. How many of you have ever caned the devil before? You've never done it. Huh. Me, I've, I've been caned the devil, but I've boxed the devil. Yeah. But you, we do that at home by yourself. <laughs> no, come on, church. Let's now box the devil. Do I Mike Tyson on the devil? No, 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 no. That's not what we have been taught. So in Jude 8, To 10, Jude the Apostle teaches us we have to be very careful how we speak about demonic principalities and powers. And we don't speak about them outside of scriptural boundaries. Because even Michael the Archangel did not do this. Again, people think that because we have a superior authority to them, we can do it. No. Listen to me. The Lord, I remember many years ago, many of you have heard me share this, but let me share it again. Many years ago, I was, um, I had this vision, and in the vision, I saw myself, I had traveled and gone somewhere, and whilst I was away, the church ended up in pandemonium. Well, actually what happened was, the church was in a prayer meeting, and as they were praying, some of them saw demons on the walls, 
in this vision. And so they were praying and they were doing well. And then when they saw the demons, some of them began to engage the demons. And so the demons hopped into the prayer meeting and started to fight them. And then the whole thing was a chaotic thing. So when I came back in the vision and I saw what was going on, it was all pandemonium. I cleared, I was a hero in this vision. I cleared, I cleared the demons and then God has focused again and then came out of the vision. And what the Holy Spirit said to me is this. The enemy does not mind God's people engaging him in so-called warfare if it causes them to be distracted on their assignment. Now, there is a place for warfare. There is a place where you have to rebuke the enemy. There is a place for that. I'm not saying there isn't. But at times, if every prayer meeting is engaged in binding the devil and dealing with spirits, there is something wrong. Are you still here? Now, it's one thing where you have someone who is like a, a prophet, like say um, Steve, or strong people in the spirit, like say, let's say um, um, Edmund, who, uh, as they are praying, can engage the enemy and rebuke the enemy. Because of their spiritual strength, they can do that. But now you, as a young believer tagging along, you're already dealing with issues of pornography. You're going to deal with a principality. They will hammer you back. Because these guys will tell you that when they've done their praying, they have attacks. Am I right? They have all kinds of attacks and visitations. Sometimes we have visitations. I had one this morning. Yeah, visitations. Now, it doesn't faze me, although sometimes it gets a bit annoying, but you have demonic visitations. Now, by virtue of where we sit, it's part of the package. Because of what we do. But if I get you to pray concerning these things like I do, I've been working with him for 34 years. You've just started. It's not, you understand what I'm saying? All right, quickly, number five. This is where we reach, and let's quickly go for it. Another peril to corporate prayer is unpunctual attendees. Latecomers. Philippians 2, verse 2. He says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Prayer meetings, I've got 10 minutes left and then we're done. Prayer meetings attended by individuals who do not reverence the presence of God by being punctual or who do not respect the time of others by being deliberately late undermined, is undermined because it creates distractions. Now, one of the things I have noticed in our culture which we need to change is a lack of appreciation of the presence of God. So, for instance, a person might, and I have been guilty, so say to your neighbor, he's talking about himself as well as you. Say to your neighbor, he's talking about himself as well as you. Yeah. I have been guilty of this, but where at times, clearly, say someone's leading in prayer or someone's leading in worship, and we're just Chewing gum. Yeah, what's up? Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. Because, you know, we are free in this church. Now, you see, there is a place for that kind of freedom. But we also have to recognize the presence of God. The manifest presence of God. Are you still here? Or have you gone to lunch? And at times, what I've noticed is when it comes to prayer meetings, people have no sense about the dynamic of unity. So people just stroll in and out. You know, in my old church, at least we would do something like this. 
Anyone remember that? Who remembers that? You do that. What? Yeah. Does anyone remember that? Anyone? You see, you people, most of you, come on. The 90s children. You weren't, you weren't probably even alive when we were doing that. But, and what that was, was saying we're respecting the present. We're reverencing the present. Now, you can laugh all you like, but it was a good thing to do. Now, I'm not saying from now onwards. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I want you to do, the, do this. I'm, not say, I'm just saying there was a reverence for the presence of God. Because if you want unity, we all have to be focused. So I know people will be late. I would rather you came late than don't come at all. But I want to encourage you to be aware. Because unpunctual attendees affects the dynamic of unity in prayer meeting. Number six, domination by one person in a prayer meeting. <laughs> in 3 John 9, John the Apostle says, I wrote to the church, but diatrophies, who loves to have preeminence among them, does not receive us. See, diatrophies was an individual who was a leader in the church, but he liked to be the center of attention. People like him in prayer meetings like to use the prayer gathering to show off their spirituality. Maybe you've been like that. I know I certainly have been like diatrophies. Right, let's just cut to the chase. So that, you know, you can be relaxed. I know I have been like diatrophies. I remember one time in a meeting, there was something happening. Somebody gave a prophecy. By this verse, a pastor, so I'll allow it. So I too decided, I began. I did all this hyperventilating gymnastics and gave the prophecy afterwards. So when we're going, Philip said, man, that was powerful. So I thought, should I tell him or not? Because I kind of put it on. I did. But I kept it to myself. I didn't tell him. And then later on, I told him, and he laughed and laughed and laughed. He laughed and laughed and laughed. All of us have a little bit of the atrophies in us, like to show off. Well, not all of us. Okay, some of us. Okay, rephrase. However, on a more serious note, people like that, often they don't respect the authority of the church. So in a prayer meeting setting, they will do something like this. The, the pastor is saying we should fast on Wednesday and Friday and Sunday. But you know, if we want revival, that's not good enough. We need to fast every day. You know, we need to pray for pastor that God will open his eyes to see. <laughs> These individuals, like diatrophies, they, do not, they love the preeminence and do not receive us, the apostle said. They do not respect the authority of the church. Number seven, another challenge is intimidation to pray. Second Timothy 1 verse 7, he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and sound mind. Fear is a common enemy in corporate prayer meetings because at times people just feel intimidated, especially when they, they see Brother Flame praying or Sister Storm speaking in tongues. <laughs> you know, so you know, after, that prayer meet, after that prayer, I'm not praying. No way. Hey, listen to that. The tongue alone. 
And then afterwards, the eloquence and God, sometimes the singing, oh God, as the, as the, we, we pray for revival, we pray for revival. And then there is you, oh God, I pray for revival. No, 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 I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not following that. Oh God, as the spirit is moving. And then there is you, God, hmm, as the spirit is moving. No, no, no. But let me tell you something. Every time you gather to pray with somebody in the name of the Lord, the Spirit of God will impress on you prayers vital for the kingdom. So I want to encourage you not to hold back. Say to your neighbor, don't hold back. We need your prayers. Listen, sometimes we say, let's pray about something, and all you will say is, oh God, help us, hear us, answer us, amen. Don't say it's too short. Especially after Brother Long there. Just pray for two minutes non-stop. Didn't even catch his breath. Oh God, I pray. Wow! And then there is you. God, I pray. Yeah. But you need to know that your prayers are vital. They are vital. Especially in the corporate setting. Now, quickly, because of time, the next one, I don't have enough time, is distractions. It's another challenge, distractions, where you need to remain focused. Paul said to the Corinthians, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. At times, I've been in prayer meetings where we're all supposed to be praying, and Brother Joe is on his headset, Sister Smith is, is, is on her, you know, iPhone, some is listening to music, some is doing, and we're supposed to be praying for a revival. We're distracted. We're all over the place. How can there be unity? Have you been there in a prayer meeting where we're all praying? Let's say, let's lift up our voice to God and pray. And then you then put in your headset, clap, so that you can enter your zone and listen to maybe Hillsong in the process. But actually, that undermines the dynamic of unity. I've been guilty of that many times. And I realized the one that said, what on earth? We're supposed to be praying together, and I'm locked in um, John Michael Tolbert. He's a Catholic monk who, I like his music. Anyway, let's move on quickly, yeah. So the point I'm trying to make is that you need to be aware of distractions. Sometimes you're praying, and people come and tap you on the shoulder. Say, it's great to see you this morning. I, at times I get that as a pastor, you know, I'm trying to lock in. Let's deal with the demonic stronghold of darkness. And I'm just about to cut his head off and then. Do you need some water? No, thank you. No. It's important you are aware of distractions. Number nine, long prayers. It's another challenge. Have you ever been in a prayer meeting where we're all praying and then you know when it's brother long prayers time, oh boy, let's just all check out now. He's now going to go for the next five minutes. <laughs> so all we can think of is when are you going to finish? And so we say, you know, and then the Lord, and somebody say, amen. And then if you, uh-huh. and now Lord, that's and then amen, amen. And then after a while you're praying and then you open your eyes. And then you look at the prayer leader. And then you look at them. 
<laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah. Luke 20, verse 47. Our Lord says, concerning the scribes who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. For a pretense, they make long prayers. Try and make your prayers brief. Honestly, how you pray on your own is different to how you pray with other people. Really, after 20 seconds, we start to wonder. We said pray for Africa. She said, oh, Lord, there are 52 countries in Africa. And now, Lord, I'm going to pray for every country. Oh, Lord. I start with the A's. Angola. Algeria. Now let's move to the B's. Burkina Faso. Now we go to the C's. Cameroon. Man, it's like, when is he going to get to Zambia? Zambia, man. Seriously. No. It's good to pray long on your own. It's good to pray long on your own. Amen. But not when you're praying with other people. Because seriously, we're not as spiritual as you. Let's just put it like that. And finally, prayers out of agreement with the group. I'll stop with this one. Prayers out of agreement with the group. We touched on it the other day where we're all praying together. We're all praying for revival. But you, you don't feel that we should be praying for revival. We need to pray for Theresa May. No, 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 no. You, you're always thinking of the church. Always the church, the church. Forget about the church. Let's now pray for the world. But the revival is for the church right now. For one to see revival in the prayer life of the church. No, 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 not the prayer life. Why are you praying for prayer? Pray for the hungry people in the church. Yeah. Have you ever done that where they say a prayer request and you feel it shouldn't be that? It should be something else. I know that I have in my olden life. Yeah. Where you think you are wiser. But those things will not help. So I want to encourage you to look through the rest of the notes. Other things that we talked about is things like being sensitive to others, insensitivity to others when you're praying is another challenge. So like you're in a prayer meeting and you are praying and you don't consider that some of your antics is actually putting people off prayer. Oh God, I pray. And then... Or like you're praying in a group prayer. I say, now let's pray for this thing. So, brother, brother Brown prays, oh Lord, I pray. Sister Timid prays, oh God, I pray. And then it's your turn. God! Yeah, you need to wake up. I told you my story when I was praying with a, a fellow uh, believer in Polytechnic of Wales. He said he had a prayer request. He said I should pray for him. So I grabbed his hands in agreement and went into Pentecostal explosion of tongues. I went, and I noticed. Afterwards, he said, you really frightened me. I thought you got possessed by a demon. So that we're clear, he categorized it. Because I was not sensitive to him. He said he was spirit-filled, so it means you're a classical Pentecostal. That's what I thought it meant. And you pray just like Austin. That's what I thought it meant. You know, when me and Austin get ready, when we get ready to pray, we just grab hands. 
good workout in the process. So I thought, you know, my brother, nah, he was like terrified. He thought, what's happened to Joe? Also, quenching the Holy Spirit is another challenge where because you want to hurry up with the prayer meeting, okay, let's pray for Ghana. In Jesus' name, let's pray for Nigeria. Amen. Let's pray. For <laughs> now, learn to wait on the Holy Spirit. And finally, unrepentant attendees. Those in the prayer meeting have issues of sin that they are not willing to address. That will also hinder the prayer meeting. All right, we're going to pray. I want you to rise to your feet. We have been praying and fasting, and I felt as I was waiting on the Holy Spirit that the thing that you've been believing God for this month, you should live, we should focus on that. So I want you right now, if you can, to write down what it is you want God to answer for you that you've been fasting and praying for. If you don't have anything and you want to bring something before the Lord, you can do so right now. But I want you to begin to lift up your voice and just pray concerning the issue that you want to see God do in your life. Why don't you do that right now? Once you write it down, I want you to just begin to pray. Take a few minutes and just start praying through the thing that we want to see God do in our lives. Can we do that right now in Jesus' name? Open your mouth, begin to pray. Lift up your hands, lift up your voice and just begin to pray. We're going to pray for just a few minutes and we'll do a few exercises. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now. Just begin to lift your voice and bring your prayer request to the Lord. As we continue to bring our prayer requests before the Lord, I want you to agree with two other people. So if you're a guest with us, you don't need to do this, but you can also do so if you want. Where, just turn around where you are with two other people, no more than three in a group, and just share with each other. You don't have to go into detail what it is you want God to do for you. So two or three, no more than three. There's a reason for this. If you don't want to do this, that's fine. But I want to encourage you so that everybody can have their prayers brought before God in agreement. Okay? Two or three. Feel free to sit where you are. Stand where you are. It's fine. And just share. If you don't know the person, introduce yourself. And then share with them and then pray together for agreement. All right? Let's do so now.
have a back problem. Thank you, Father. I want you to agree with me concerning our prayer requests right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as a church, we come before you right now. Can you agree with me, please? Father, your word says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. And so, Father, this month, as we have fasted and as we have prayed, we lift up our prayer request before you now. Let the heavens open concerning our prayers. Let our prayers ascend before you as sweet incense. Let there be answers from heaven on our behalf, even now, as your people have lifted up their voice to you. Let there be answers to their prayers. In the name of Jesus, let angels be released on assignment on behalf of these ones here. As we have lifted up our voice to you, Father, we ask for a speedy answer. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We are going to continue to pray. Uh, this week we had a, a tragedy. One of our new um, our, our members here um, lost their mom. I want Aaron Boateng to come to the front. We're going to pray for him um, and uh, his family. And uh, we're asking the Lord to really strengthen him at this time. Um, if you could come here. Also, I want to pray, want to pray for those of you who might be facing some kind of bereavement. Um, if you also can just come and just stand here as well and we'll just pray with you. Just come and stand here. Just face me. Face me. Yeah. And I want the church to stretch their hands out towards these ones. Different ones have experienced bereavement. Some we can talk about. Some is difficult to talk about. But we want to stand with these precious ones. Stretch your hands out towards them. Stretch your hands out towards them. And I want some of the leaders and ministers to come and just stand with them right now, please. Quickly, just come and stand with them and pray. Come on, Angela, quickly. Different ones, just come and stand with them. And let's just pray. Pray over them. Just pray over them. Ask God to strengthen them. Ask God to bless them. Ask God to encourage them. Let's just do that right now. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray over them. Let's just agree with Zen as he prays concerning this. Father, we stand with our brothers and sisters at this time.
And we pray a blanket prayer of health, strength, restoration at this time, Lord. Be with our brothers and sisters at this time, Lord. And we ask for your comfort and your counsel and your wisdom and your help over their lives and their families. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Remain standing. We're going to pray into one more area before we change the order of the service. We want to pray for those who are facing some kind of serious sickness um, in their body. I feel we should pray for a release of healing in our church. I know that several people need healing, but I just feel that we should pray for the, the release of the gifts of healings in our church, the Holy Spirit to minister healing to different ones. And so if there is a chronic situation that needs healing, um, if you can come to the front. I need someone to come and represent Sally Ann Efson. Quickly, one of their family members, could they come and just stand here quickly um, for Sally Ann? Quickly, somebody, quickly. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Come on, several family members. Austin, thank you. And also, uh, if, if um, there are other people who are not well, um, Bola hasn't been well. I need someone to come and stand here for Bola. Quickly, our sister Bola. Thank you. Diane, no, come, Diane, come. Diane, Diane. Come and stand with her, Ernestina. Come and stand with her. And other chronic situations, if you can just come and stand. Chronic situations. I want to pray for somebody in particular who has a very severe back problem and it's affecting you even now. Could you just come here, please, so that I can pray with you? A very severe back problem is affecting you now, especially in the right side of your back. If you come and stand here so that we can lay hands on you and pray. I want you to stretch out your hands towards these ones. Just begin to pray for healing. Pray for restoration. Come on, can you just pray that right now? Can you just pray that right now? Pray for Sally Ann. Pray for different ones. Can I have some of the ministers to come and stand with these and agree with them? Some of the ministers to come and stand with these ones and agree with them. Just ask them what they're standing for and then agree with them and pray with them. Let's just pray for healing. Can I have some oil, please, quickly? I'm going to pray for someone with a, a chronic problem, ear infection in their right ear. It's, it really gives you pain, right ear, eye, affects out by some kind of ear infection. Could you come and stand here, please? Let, let's anoint you with oil so that we can pray over you quickly. Can I have some oil quickly, please? Thank you. Just keep praying for healing. Problem in the ear infection. Don't know if it's a child. 
problem with ear infection, if they can come quickly, let's pray for them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And let's just pray and ask God to minister healing to people, release healing in our church right now. Let's just begin to pray. Lord, we ask for your healing power to be released in our church in the name of Jesus. We ask for those that are sick in body to experience healings. Let angels on assignment be released. Angels of healing be released. Let the gifts of healing be released in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Holy Father. If the worship team can come, let's just worship the Lord with one song. Let's just thank him for hearing us. Come on, let's thank him. Father, we bless you. We give you praise. Thank you. pray into something. Angela, I want you to share this quickly. Um, so there are a number of people here who, who over this month have really had a heart for evangelism, but every time they've gone to speak, they almost felt like they were, they were actually tired and couldn't speak. So if you need prayer, you need to come forward now because God wants to release, break that and release you from that. So if that's you, you need to come and get prayer right now. Uh, Angela, you're going to pray for us. I need prayer in this because I, I felt that way. So quickly come, quickly, quickly. I don't know what you're standing for. Me, I want the prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Please don't take your time. Can you hurry up, please? Stretch your hands out towards us. Stretch your hands out towards us. Let's reach out our hands to these people who are just declaring publicly that they're saying this is a problem. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 